Thoughts are on the MDF Vest Act with the business blunders on a Friday night. His claws are sharp. He's looking vicious. He's looking mean. Sochi and uh, Brazil, the World Cup, you, you're having a go at spending for these big events, Paul. Good one. I'm going with a business angle here, Bruce. Uh, what irks me about these things is the wasted capital expenditure. Sochi is going to cost the Russians close to $50 billion. <laughs> which is an astonishingly large sum of money. Apparently, it's 2.5% of Russian GDP. So if the Americans were to spend the same proportion, that would be $400 billion that they'd have to put away. And then Brazil, you know, the football stadiums, countless, you know, they're all going to be broken just as soon as the games are finished. These big, dumb white elephants, they're just too much razzmatazz going on here. So in Sochi, the loos don't work. You know, people they're never to, going to be used again, those people, places. People have to share the lose, all sorts <laughs> of things. It's going to be like Chernobyl, you know. It's going to be like wasted real estate after the end of the thing. So it's just totally, totally idiotic and wasteful. And proper capital expenditure required in the world to advance the world economy. No, that can't happen because there's not enough money. Have you heard about the Panama Canal widening? No. So this is 100 years old, the Panama Canal. So they want to spend $5 billion to widen the canal so it can take the big ships that currently, you know, traverse the ocean. Absolutely. The whole project has been stalled now for six months. Why? Because there's been a cost overrun of $1.6 billion and nobody can agree on who it is that should pick up the tab. Should it be the Panamanian government? Should it be the French contractor? And that's got massive, massive benefits for global trade. So the Russians could scrap the figure skating and give the money they would have spent on the figure skating arenas to the Panamanians to widen the canal, and we would have greater global trade. The funniest joke of all about the Sochi Olympics, Bruce, is that apparently at the Sochi McDonald's, the Happy Meal is a boiled potato, a 64-ounce mini bottle of vodka, and a seven-month-old female goat. No, no. Ran Baxi, this is one of the world's big drugs makers, isn't it? Big generic pharma company out of India, yes. A massive, massive success story. And the reason really, Bruce, is they've got very lax intellectual property rules in India, so they just reverse engineer all the valuable drugs and sell them back onto the world market. Okay, so they had to do one thing, just one thing, and that's make the stuff properly in a clean factory. And the FDA would give them approval because at the end of the day, everybody likes cheap drugs, right? But no. Too much hard work for the Indians. The factories are too dirty. The fourth plant out of the five that they've got has just been shut down because it was approved in 2011, but they went back to check. Poor record keeping. Lacks maintenance. You know, <sighs> come on, India. Get your ish together. I mean, you know that they launched a rocket to Mars recently, the Indians. It was carrying a satellite and 30 people hanging on to the bottom of it. <laughs> I think the only solution to the Indian question, uh, Bruce, is to bring back the Dutch East India Company. That's what I'm thinking. Merger, out and out merger of the Dutch and the Indians. Swap the whole population. Just, you know, upgrade both sides. Let's move on to IBM, shall we? IBM. Yes, IBM, IBM. Now, IBM is interesting because they are, like all t- big global companies, wanting to cut costs. So they want to make thing, make it as mo- efficient as possible. They want to use every legal avenue possible to make it effective for them to operate. IBM, what a fabulous company. Do you know that in 1981, IBM introduced something called the personal computer? Yes. A computer so advanced and portable, it only took up seven rooms. <laughs> it's a global corporation, and they don't like paying taxes, as you say. But they don't even make computers anymore. Nowadays, IBM is really a consulting company. But why I'm having a go at them today is, do you know that their 
rate of tax globally is only 15%. What? Well, what they do is they route the sales through one subsidiary. That's the booking, you know, the bill for doing yeah. the consulting work. And then they pay the people in another country and they move the money around to such an extent that it's hard to tell who it is that actually earns the money and so on and so forth. So it turns out there are 205,000 employees on the books of IBM living and working apparently in the Netherlands, except when you look a little closer, only 3,000 of them actually live and work there. The rest, I don't know where they work. I don't know. They don't don't pay any taxes either. So, you know, if you go and look at IBM – Do you know what IBM used to stand for? International Business Machines. Yeah, but they don't make machines anymore. So now if you look at the website, it says IBM stands for Irritated Bowel Movement. (laughs) And irritable or irritated? You're irritated, so we'll do that. Um, Then I don't understand why this is a blunder. Why would you call Oxford University outing its sloppiest students? (laughs) This is definitely a blunder. It would up the game, wouldn't it? It's a fabulous blunder. So the world's toniest university, Oxford, uh, you know, one of their elite colleges, which is even more elite, sent out an email, and it was supposed to be like the dean's list, you know, like the people that got the best mark in the college, thanking them all for their good work and so on and so forth. But instead, some lowly administrator attached an Excel file to the email (laughs) that contained the names of the worst 50 students in the whole college. They all get Bs. No, they all got like sub Bs, okay. which is so mean and inconsiderate. I think they should have sent out the list with those work, you know, worst 50 students on it and given them some positive encouragement. Say, look, well done. You drank the most beer through a funnel out of everybody in the university. Congratulations. But no, they made them feel bad. No, wrong. Bad academics. And then um, a very serious one to, on, on which to end because we, nobody likes bad children's hospital stories and we've got a bad children's <laughs> hospital story. Oh, yeah, serious. Focus, focus. Okay, so there is a flap at this leading institution hospital in North America. It's not the one in Grey's Anatomy, but close. The Seattle Children's Hospital. System breakdown. They discovered that the instruments at the hospital hadn't been cleaned properly. So, younger listeners, uh, please close your ears at this point. Scopes used for colonoscopies, not properly cleaned. Organic matter on the scope heads. They had to call back all of the patients who'd been used for hepatitis and other tests. Uh. Thankfully, all clear, Bruce. But, you know, I was thinking about this story, and I'm trying to lighten it up now, Bruce. You you know, you've got young kids. You must know about the five-second rule, right? Absolutely. So if you drop the saucy on the floor, just pick it up under five seconds, then we're good, right? Our house is like seven and a half. (laughs) So why didn't they just do that? You know, under five seconds, just pop it in, we're golden. Paul Teron with the Business Blunders on a Friday night.